Welcome to the Three Forms Podcast, a joint production of Beaver Dam Christian Reformed Church and Coopersville CRC. Together we are touring our historic Three Forms of Unity, the Belgic Confession, Heidelberg Catechism, and the Canons of Dort. Considering how these old and trusted paths can equip and lead God's people in the midst of today's challenges. So let's start this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Pastor Lloyd Hemstreet. And I am Reverend Tyler Wagamaker. And we are in episode 10, Lord's Day 10 of the Heidelberg Catechism today, Tyler. We're continuing the exploration as God of God of God as our Father, and uh, now moving into the providence of God more specifically, mm-hmm. how He uh, intricately is caring for and directing and guiding all things in this world. It's not just that He created the big things, but He and He didn't just create it and let it run out and doing its own thing. No, God is intimately involved in how all things are working together. Oh, there goes my deism. Yes, yes, your Ugh. your deism is dead. It so, is. Lord's Day 10 puts deism to death. It does, it does. So let's go ahead and go over. We got two questions and answers today. The first one is question 27. What do you understand by the providence of God? And the answer is, Providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God, by which he upholds, as with his hand, heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. Hmm. Again, one of these these are one of these this is one of these question and answers, Lloyd, that God's people would do well to memorize. These are these are wonderful, deep po- I mean it's very poetic sounding too, but it's a deep, profound um, sort of comfort at the end. Uh, it comes not to us by chance, but from his fatherly. Hand. No, so there, there's no such thing as luck then, Lloyd. There is no such there's, thing as luck. You know, a lot of times people talk about luck. Right. Uh, even might have a potluck, but... Because <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Right. That's right. But, or how that food's going to affect you. Well, but it is providentially in the hands of our <laughs> Heavenly Father as well, even in the midst of opening up and being surprised with what's in the pot. Although I can say the, the potlucks at Beaver Dam are always wonderful when we have them. The food is amazing. We have some really good cooks, bakers, I mean, the whole thing. So uh, Coopersville, I trust too. In fact, I was looking at a cookbook the other day from Coopersville, some great recipes, and I'm pulling one of them for a pastor's retreat for the pastors of classes, you know, we have coming up a great breakfast casserole that comes from a cookbook from Coopersville. Very good. Very Mm -hmm. good. Well, that, uh, I'm I'm thankful because I'm going to that retreat that that's providentially going to be working out. So I'm <laughs> looking right. forward and excited to that. Right. And I won't even say cross your fingers because that's kind of a luck kind of a thing. That so. it would be as well. Oh, so. And this catechism question and answer is getting God's people to turn away from mm. any sort of notion of of, of chance or, or luck and uh, these relying on these sorts of things and recognizing, no, not only, as we saw last time, 
is God capable because he's almighty and sovereign? And not only does he care because he's our heavenly father, but that is going to work itself out in everything, in every area of our life. And so we can trust in him. We can have confidence in him. And we see that in God's word over and over again. Yes. And again, the very practical aspect of this, because it talks about God ruling everything. And it says, leaf and blade, but rain and drought, fruitful lean years, food and drink, health, sickness, prosperity, and poverty. These are almost kind of like wedding vow language words, because it encompasses all of just the ordinary practical things of life. The things that sometimes keep people awake at night are these issues of lean years, sickness, poverty, and uh, or also opportunities just gleave like wow what a great harvest or we overcame this sickness these are the conversations these are the things we pray about and we ask for prayers about these are the things we send cards about and we bring over meals for these sorts of everyday things that's why this question and answer is so rich Lloyd right it is and and we see this over and over again in God's word and it's not just the good things, not just the blessings, they certainly come from God as well, but the hard things, the challenges, the 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 awful times, our sovereign Lord is directing and using those in our life as well. Yes. You know, one of the uh, most, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, prototypical of, of awful events that we have in Scripture is, of course, in the book of Job. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I don't think there's a lot of health and wealth gospel pastors that uh, start out with Job chapter 1 and 2 and really <laughs> hammer down on that, um, because was Job punished by God because he was disobeying God and, and so walking so far away from him? Is that why hardships came Job's way? Well, that's what some of the friends were wondering and, and saying, Job, you must have sinned, because this is this is how these things work, of course. Right. Uh, but Job chapter 1 and 2, we see... Not God upset with Job, and this is why. Rather, God's bragging about Job. Have you considered my Mm -hmm. servant Job? Have you looked at how he follows after me? And Satan sort of gives him the health and wealth gospel challenge of, you know, he only follows you because things are going well for him. And so the Lord says, fine, let's bring it to a test. Let's see where Job's really at. Let's, Let's let that faith be tested and tried and displayed. And uh, we have two different terrorist attacks, you could describe them as, as well as two natural disasters that fall upon Job in short succession, one after another after another, uh, just minutes apart that he's learning of this destruction and loss. And yet he recognizes it comes from God's hand. And so as such, he's able to bear up over something that could be, you know, just absolutely devastating, too much to handle. Job's walk with the Lord, recognize God is the one who's in control. Will I not receive blessings from the Lord as well as hardships? You should just curse God and die, though, Lloyd. Well, that was was Job's wife's best suggestion. Okay, to Um, which... Again, he gave a wonderful response of faith, didn't he? Right, right. He where he makes that that's re- right declaration of should we not accept both from the Lord? And we recognize he's both. And exactly, the so, Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, and, and all of that. And and so that's what we see in this a- question and answer of the Catechism: the good times, the bad times, they all come from God's hand, and He's working in them. He's using them 
in our lives. Yes, he is. And again, we see that so often in the pages of Scripture, God's providence and how he will use the the difficult times as well to help shape his people in in deeper ways to draw them closer to him to to draw them to their great need for him to be their everything because we do a lot of times the sometimes the fruitful years and the food and the health and the prosperity can can kind of trick god's people to think, oh, I have things pretty much under control and going really well in life. Um, but the Lord also is the one who brings the lean years and the sickness and the poverty too, ultimately for his glory, but in a way that also can really deepen the walk of God's people with him, um, which is the highest joy, which is the, the deepest gift that we could have is to have a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And so that so often again brings that. I think about the the instance in um, in the book of Judges in Judges chapter seven, where where Gideon is called, and uh, what thirty two thousand men were called uh, called out to to come and uh, and uh, and attack the the Midianites. And so these Midianites were scourging the land, and Gideon, as a judge, is called to help get rid of this scourge. And so 32,000 come out, but God says, that's too many. That's too many. Um, this fruitfulness almost uh, is too many. Let's let's get, let's get have some go away. So 22,000 men left who were afraid. So left 10,000 men, but God's like 10,000, still too many. He whittles it down to 300. And almost like a really lean kind of a thing, because compared to the horde of the Midianites, which was like as thick as locusts, 300 men around them. God was using this lean sort of army, this almost poverty army, um, in order to what? To to strengthen the faith of God's people in the midst of that, because it wasn't the 300 men who routed the Midianites. God routed the Midianites, and he worked through the cries and the shouts of these men ringing them with their torches and their jars and and uh, sword for the Lord and for Gideon, and and uh, that crying out. But it is God who did that. God had the victory. But a lot of times, God uses the lean and the the sickness and the poverty, the, these sorts of of hardships in life and lean parts of life in order to really give Himself the glory and to strengthen the faith of God's people to say, God is the one who fights for me. Right. Ultimately, God is my salvation. Right. He's the one who brings us through these things, and he does so for his purposes. And yet it is not just his people mm-hmm. that he rules over and guides, but we understand from Scripture to mm-hmm. the broader aspects of his providence that it's all peoples that he is leading them through. Uh, Acts 17, as uh, as uh, Paul is, is preaching there, in uh in in the the city of 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 Athens and Acts 17 he's out there and and he's declaring uh, God's truth and and he talks about how uh in verse 26 and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined and allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him yet he is not yet he actually is not far from each one of us and so it is not just god's people that are providentially 
in this world, not just those mm. who are currently walking with him, that he is providentially working in their lives. His providence extends to all people and all things in his created order and world. Yes. Um, I think also about the the story of of Joseph down in Egypt. You see God's people there, but you also see those who are not God's people, the Egyptians. And the the account of the seven years of plenty and then the seven lean years of, of famine across the land, which would impact God's people and also those who weren't his people. And God was in control of it all. But because of that, um, because it didn't come about by chance, but from God's fatherly hand, to use the catechism's language here, Joseph, who was keyed into this by God, he prepared the people for the, the famine that was to come. Um, like in Genesis chapter 41, um, verse 40, verse 49, it says, for instance, Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. He's, in many ways, it's like he's saying, God has this. God, I don't even need to keep records even in many ways because God said he's going to give us all this plenty, but I know the the, the the lean years are going to come. God has this. And because of that, God used eventually the lean years to to, to do what? To bring the, the tribes of Israel down to Egypt. Yeah. Something <laughs> that God had promised to Abraham more than 100 years before that your descendants are going to end up in Egypt. Well, how are they going to end up there? What's going to go on? How is it that yeah. God is going to get the descendants of Abraham out of the promised land where they were living and down into Egypt to fulfill his word and his promises. How could that happen, Tyler? Again, this is the providence of God, and he does it by bringing about a famine, right? a, 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 a scourge that, that impacted not only Egypt, but the, the broader world at that time in the Middle Eastern region, at least. And so that, that the people had to come down to get the food. Um, these brothers of Joseph had to come down to get that food from all these storehouses that, that were so full that Joseph stopped keeping records. There was so much food that was brought in at that time. So God used the fruitful years, and uh, and he used the lean years, both in conjunction, in order to bring about this great unfolding of his will, which eventually, 400-some years later, would bring about the great exodus. The, right. This point of of God's saving his people, which is that one of these key benchmarks um, stories in the life of God's people of how God dramatically overcame the, the the quote unquote gods of Egypt and showed Himself strong through the ten plagues and then brought about this this great redemption and how in many ways it's a picture of our redemption as well ultimately through Jesus Christ. God is in control. God had that, right? But just think you're in the middle of the lean years of the drought and you're like, oh, where's God in all this? Where is He abandoned us? Has He forsaken us? God hasn't. It's part of his plan. Right. And and God only uses his plan, those that are obeying him and following him and, and keeping his commandments, right? That's the only ones they use, is right? <laughs> no. Yes. We talked I'm about his brothers, Joseph's brothers. Mm -hmm. It wasn't out of the purest uh, motives that they sent their brother Joseph yeah. down to Egypt. It wasn't because they were preparing for, for uh, their future preservation of their lives. Uh, God was using him for that. That wasn't what they were seeking to do. They were getting rid of the problem. They meant they, it for evil. They meant it for evil. But, Scripture says they meant it for evil. Yes. 
and yet God used it for good. That's right. That's what we see, and that's what we recognize, and that's why we stand in awe of the incredible providence of God. Yes, um, and, and that allows us then as Christians to kind of play the long game because of that, to not be overcome in the moment by life's troubles, because life is filled with troubles. We we saw that even last Lord's Day, where it talked about God and kind of started to key us into this providing, because it used the word provide in question answer 26, and now we get providence, providence. And so God provides for us um, you know, he'll turn to my good whatever adversity he sends us in this sad world. So now Lord Day 10 talks about the sadness, the adversity that is right. in this world. Right. But as Christians, we can play the long game, knowing that this is not the end. Right. The the hardship, which is very real, um, when you're in the midst of it, and it when you're in the midst of uh, of a sickness, and one that, that maybe even takes a beloved family member from you, um, when you're in the heart of that, there is a lot of heaviness and weightiness, but as Christians, we can keep coming back to this same. But but I have the long game here, right? Because God's in control, and He'll use the lean years, right? He'll use the poverty, even the sickness, right, for His glory and for my good. And He does, and He does over and over again. And so that is what the the Catechism is honing in on and and calling us to to keep in remembrance this reality of the providence of God to not lose sight of that in the midst of blessings or in the midst of those trials and, and the, the real hardships of life. Um, I think at this point we can move on to question okay. 28. Question 28. How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? Okay, where does the rubber meet the road here, Tyler? What is this? We, we confess that God's got all things. He's working them all together, and he's got his plan. How, what does that mean to me? Hmm. The answer that the catechism gives is, we can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from His love. All creatures are so completely in His hand that without His will, they can neither move nor be moved. I like that even all creatures. That's that's even more expansive than just human beings. Think about was it Martin Luther who said even Satan is God Satan. Satan oh. is one of the one of the creatures. Right. Even Satan um, is still at the behest of God. Is yeah. under his providence. Absolutely. And so it doesn't matter whether it's another person or a creature. It all is in God's hand. And so the the catechism is really really hitting home here. It's really calling on. God's people to respond to these truths, these truths that it's been declaring, these truths that it's been uh, highlighting from God's Word. How is it that you are going to respond? Can you be patient when things are going against you? Hmm. Life doesn't always go out the way that I plan. Life doesn't always unfold in the ways that we want or expect. How are you going to respond to that? As a child of God, as as a child of the King, how do you bear up when those hard times come? What is your response going to be? Are you going to turn your back on God and say, oh, it's, it's tough. I can't, I can't trust in you anymore. No, the catechism calls us and says, the providence of God it is reason for us to be patient when things are going against us. They won't always continue in that way. Right. And that's, 
that's what's upheld God's people throughout uh, throughout the ages, across the globe. I mean, oftentimes we pray for the persecuted church, and you think about the hardships that they're in the midst of, and yet through that, they still praise God, they worship Him, they trust Him, and that's an encouragement that's really a challenge for us as Western Christians. Sometimes we're so used to things going so well here in the United States. We have a lot of fruitful years. We have a lot of food. We have a lot of health. We have a lot of prosperity overall. We have really good weather. I mean, we have good growing seasons. We have freedom of religion and freedom of worship and in many ways. And and yet sometimes if things start to go off in a wrong direction, we think, oh, uh, you know, woe is me. This is the end of the world. Uh, things are going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, why even why even bother anymore? You think, you know what? We actually, we've, we've had it really good. Let's remember other Christians who have not, and yet they have not forsaken God. If anything, their walk with the Lord is, is deeper and is sweeter. And so that's a challenge to us to be patient when things do go against us. Right. And, and they will. And, and thankful they will. when things go well. And then thankful when things go well. You know, that was a problem that Israel had over and over oh, again. Yes. And, and maybe that's a big problem that the uh, United States and the Western world has had in the midst of all the blessings and innovations and good gifts that we've received. Have we remained thankful in responding to receiving those gifts. Mm. I think about Thanksgiving Day here in the United States, Lloyd, and it's almost an afterthought almost because people are so ready to jump into the giving of gifts and buying of things for Christmas that that Thanksgiving is just more of almost a springboard into Black Friday and and Cyber Monday and Small Business Saturday and and uh, and all the sales leading up to it and Thanksgiving just kind of goes away. I mean, not many people go to church anymore giving thanks to God. It's a day for football and for eating. And you think, well, where's the thankfulness? Um, as God's people, I appreciate at Beaver Dam, we have a Thanksgiving Day morning worship service. As we say, that's important for us on that day where the nation says we need to give thanks to God. Let's just make that not only a heritage item that that we used to do as Americans. We need to actively live into thankfulness on special days, but throughout our days, throughout our life. Right, right. That that call to to corporately gather and and publicly give thanks to God. It's a it's a good thing and something that God's people should be known for in all things. And yet the reality of our sin, the reality of our pride, it, mm. when things start going well, how quick do we think, well, I did that, you know? Mm. Yeah, I got it all going on. I I got it handled. Those uh those years of plenty come and we think Oh, everything's fine. I'm I'm good to go. No, God's word challenges us. We need to be thankful when things are going well. Well, and that's our mood. I think sometimes ups you know goes up and down based on maybe how the economy is doing. It's like oh no, inflation is bad, or you know I've heard about massive deflation that's starting to take hold in China, and and you know how is the stock market do or not or how is my 401k doing and and if it's doing well i'm i'm feeling good and if it's not i'm like oh uh, we have to say we go we transcend this as christians because we don't look to the variables of life we look to the one who upholds life and and so that i can be patient and thankful and i'm not going to be volatile in in my moods based on how the 
how the the Dow Jones is doing on any particular day. Right, right. Yeah, if your moods are trying to follow that in the crazy days, your swings would be all over the place. That's not how God's people are to live. We understand that whether the Dow's going up today or the Dow's going down, it's providentially in God's design and in his hands, and he's working these things together. So I can be patient, I can be thankful, and I can, for the future, have a enduring and lasting hope. We can have good confidence that our faithful God and Father, that will nothing will separate us from his love. That's right. That That's what we need more than anything else. You know? and, and that's a reminder, too. I know sometimes in Christians and the culture war issues, it feels like we're on the losing end of so many of these things. And, uh, and yet it's a good reminder that even when we are maybe politically or at the ballot box or in legislative chambers or court decisions, we are on the the losing side of things. Ultimately, we're not because God is on his throne and Jesus wins in the end. And so again, we take this the long game. Think of this one children's book um, that came out a number of years ago, and then it's spring um, the, yeah, uh, it's a that's a picture book, Tyler. You realize <laughs> pictures don't get communicated through podcasts, right? That's true. There are actually a few words. Oh, oh I'm, okay, I'm okay. Simple-minded okay. man sometimes, but <laughs> I, but I like because it starts out. It talks about well, you know we're in winter time here. We're getting some of the rain. It's kind of like brown and blah out. There's not the the life of spring and summer. And it starts out first. You have brown all around you have brown. I love that phrase there. First you have brown, all around you have brown. But then the story, children's story, talks about spring coming. And as Christians, we have that, don't we? We we know spring is coming. Um, that even though there might be brown, all you have is brown all around, um, that there is almost the deadness of winter and things aren't growing. And you have the drought and the lean years. Eventually, in God's providence, there will be the fruitful years, there will be the food, there will be the health, there will be the prosperity. And if not, uh, and I'm not saying even in terms of, of this life, we look at things in the life to come, the eternal bounty and glory that awaits us as God's people, and the resurrection of the body, for instance, and life everlasting on the new creation. We, we play the long game because God in his providence, is in control of it all, and so rules over everything. And so my, the important thing in all this is my relationship to God, um, is is my good confidence that that I have a faithful God and Father. And we get back to that Father name again, but he's my Father through Jesus Christ. So it goes back to faith. I need, I need to be in walk with the Lord. I need to be in church on Sundays. That's one of the healthy antidotes to the volatility of life is— Go to church on Sundays, Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, be in God's Word, because that will stabilize the volatility of the world around us and get us focused on the long game, on the wisdom of things. Right, and, and God's Word will call us over and over again to exercise that that patience and thankfulness that we need to be displaying no matter what the circumstance, whether it was a rough week or it was a great week. It, we need that call, that corporate call to return together and be reminded of these truths and, uh, and, and, and recognize that these things are playing out, and so we need to respond to them as Christians. 
Yes. I I love, you know, I love history so much, Lloyd. There are so many accounts in history of near misses. And boy, you know, if this had happened one way, history would have turned out a completely different way. Um, I think about, you know, for instance, of the life of George Washington. I mentioned about the deists. You know, a number of our founding fathers were deists. Um, but I think about George Washington, how he was essential in, in important ways in helping our nation to become what it is. He was almost he was almost knocked off by a marksman, um, a Scottish marksman, a Captain Patrick Ferguson and some of his marksmen. Uh, a bunch of the British were going to Philadelphia, surrounding the city, 12,000 back in September 11, 1777. And his marksmen were in place, and they saw two officers on horseback. One of them, it turns out, was George Washington. And the, the marksmen were about to, to shoot both of these officers, and Captain Ferguson in charge at the last minute, he, he got a sensation like, mm, I don't think it would be good. This doesn't seem right to kill these officers. And so he instructed his sharpshooters, he was the best in all of the British Army, um, to say, nope, we're, we're not going to shoot him. Turns out, it's be, you know, in God's providence, they, they would have shot George Washington. Just think of the trajectory of our nation. If, if George Washington was knocked off at that time, would we even won the Revolutionary War? We wouldn't have had our first president who set a lot of wonderful, good patterns for us as a nation. And God's providence, see, we we like to think we can control everything, and we like to, to try to control everything, but God reminds us that he's in control, and sometimes it's these little things. Maybe it's just a, a sense of conscience or a sense of hesitation, and and just like that. The course of history can be changed in from our perspective, um, but God's in control of it all. Um, right. I think history helps teach us to not get so anxious. Yeah, yep. It gives us that that longer view, that that broader view, and then we get little glimpses into, oh, this is where God was working. This is how He's worked. As we go back and examine our lives, we see, oh, yeah, I went through that hard time, but the Lord prepared me by doing this and in that season and and these ways that we are taught once again over and over to trust in the and rely upon the providence of God. So Tyler, that's Lord's Day 10, the providence of God and next time we'll continue on through the creed and begin focusing on God's son. But till next time, we look forward to continuing to trust and rely recognizing our God is in control. Thanks for joining us on the Three Forms Podcast, a joint ministry of Beaverdam Christian Reformed Church and Coopersville CRC. To contact us, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page, Substack, on YouTube, or email us directly at threeformspodcast at gmail.com. Three Forms Podcast, walking the good and trusted old paths together. Thank you.